Open your Bibles this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. Verse number 13. I wish I had time to deal with all of the other verses leading up to this, but here Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and he is using... Israel is an example of what not to do and warning, warning those Christians of the situation that they find themselves in, the difficulties that they're going through. And he says in verse 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. In his second letter, in the first chapter, Paul writes to the Corinthians and reminds them that those who have received comfort should extend comfort to those that are in need. I mention that because as I read this verse, I can see evidence that Paul practiced what he preached. He's not just telling them to do something he wasn't willing to do, because here he is writing not only for the sake of correcting this church, but also to comfort them in their difficulties. Paul is writing this from Asia to a church that is in Europe, and he's very much aware of what their situation was. You know, we often say that if we're going to be of any help to others, we need to put ourselves in their shoes, walk a, while, a mile in their moccasins, as the old Indian saying goes, and uh, and that's exactly what we need to do, because a lot of fe- folks have the, the feeling that nobody understands what I'm going through, and in a sense, that's true. Uh, if you stop and think about it, it might be good in this case if we would try to put ourselves in the place of those folks there in Corinth, the first readers of this letter. It was written from Ephesus, but it was actually sent uh, from Philippi to this church. And can you imagine the excitement the first time that they assembled together and read this letter from the Apostle Paul? And can you imagine what they must have thought when they heard this verse that I just read? That there is no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. Putting myself in their shoes, I'm thinking they might have thought, what are you talking about? We live here in a city that is wholly given over to idolatry. There are false gods everywhere, heathen temples all around us. Even our own family, when we profess Christ is our Savior, they turn us away. We are mocked, we are despised, we are rejected, we are subjected to persecution. We go through all of these difficulties. How can you say that what we're going through is common to man? You see, our problem 
today is the same as their problem would have been because we all tend to think that our problem is unique, you know, to ourselves, that, you know, nobody else is going through what we're going through. Not only that, but we get the feeling that um, there's no way of escape. You know, our problem has just overwhelmed us. It, it, it swept us off of our feet. There's no way out of this. And uh, I hope this morning that before you leave here, that you'll discover that there is help, regardless of what you're going through. When we look at this text, I want to read it again. There have no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, and He will not suffer. He'll not allow you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. You know, sometimes sometimes we uh, do more harm than we do good when we try to help people. It's like I read a true story of a fellow who had just lost his little five-year-old son to cancer. And this other man was trying to help him deal with that. And so he, he quoted a part of this verse saying, you know, he says, uh, you know, the Bible says that God will put no more on us than what we're able to bear. Now, here is a man that is consumed with grief already. He just lost his son. And he hears that person say, God won't put more on you than what you're able to bear. You can do it. Now, he's overwhelmed with guilt because he's not handling it very well. So now he's troubled by grief and by guilt. Here is a man that was well-intended, but actually did more harm than he did good. You know our cute little sayings, when life gets tough, the tough gets going. And, you know, if, if, if the world gives you uh, lemons, make lemonade. Uh, all of those cute little sayings really don't help anyone. Our help, our help is found in the Lord. In His exceeding great and precious promises. And this morning, as we look at this verse, I want you to consider the subject of divine deliverance for difficult days. Divine deliverance for difficult days. If ever there was a verse in the Bible that seems untrue, this is it. I mean, at least to me, that's the way that, you know, when I first read it and I think... How can that be true? Uh, don't you imagine Job kind of felt that way? What, what do you mean God won't put more on us than what we're able to bear? And Job, when he expresses the greatness of his sorrow, speaks about being totally overwhelmed. I mean, he, he, he doesn't know what hit him. And, and a lot of times we feel that way. All of us, you know, seem to have a load limit. And if you don't break down under the load, there's always someone, you know, trying to push you over the edge of the cliff. But one way or the other, you're going to find yourself troubled by difficulties in this life. And it's obvious God never said we would be exempt from our trials. In fact, He warned us about them. Man that's born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble, the Bible says. So He's telling us that we are to expect life to be difficult. Expects suffering, expects sorrow, you see. But He also assures us 
that we can endure them. And this here verse right here is one of the brightest promises in the Word of God to the Bible-believing Christian. But the problem is a lot of sincere Good people have misunderstood this. In fact, they have misused this. And as I said a while ago, in trying to help others, they've actually done more harm than good. They didn't intend for it to be that way. But they just make a blanket statement, you know, as though they know exactly why God does what He does. And all of a sudden, somebody going through a difficult situation begins to feel like they're guilty because they, they're they not faring too well. So there's some things we need to understand. Number one is that although God doesn't put more on us than what we're able to bear in one sense, we ourselves can sometimes take more up on us than what we're able to bear. I'm saying that because we got to be careful that we don't blame God for problems that we created. And a lot of times we do that, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll go hog wild and pig crazy and do something, you know, that is detrimental to our well-being. And then we turn right around and blame God. Well, I just don't understand why God's, you know, God's making me go through all of this suffering. Well, you brought it on yourself. You can take upon yourself things, as it were, that will cause you literally to break down that God never intended for you. But a second thing you need to understand is that there is a sense in which God does put more on us than what we're able to bear in and of ourselves. And stop and think about it. The Christian life itself By that, I mean the demands that are imposed upon us as disciples. What God expects from us. All of those standards that we are to live by. The responsibilities that we are to fulfill. All of those things are beyond our ability in and of ourselves. That's why, as I've often said, it takes a a miracle to live the Christian life. It takes supernatural help. That's why Jesus said in John 15, 5, said, Without me, you can do nothing. You can't do anything without me. You see. So... Mark it down. Whatever happens in your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything else, whatever happens, one of two things. God either caused it or God allowed it. But either way, God is in control of it. And here He gives us the promise that there is not an escape from it, but there is a way that we can endure it. Now let's look at this verse and try to gather something from it that will really help us when we leave here this morning. First of all, consider the difficulty. Notice the word temptation. I don't know what went through your mind whenever I first read that verse. Some of you might have thought, you know, well, it's having to do with the enticement to sin. Somebody else might have thought, well, it has to do with experiencing a trial or a test. The fact of the matter is, this word can be applied to either one of those things. It is a word that speaks not only of our trials and our difficulties that we go through, we sometimes refer to as tribulations, but it can refer to temptation, which is an enticement to sin. But it doesn't make any difference which one we're talking about. It's a difficulty that we all face. 
And notice here the word taken. It means to seize. It means to lay hold on. It means to, to catch. And I think we all know what that's like because here we are going along without a care in the world, little jingle in our pocket. We're feeling good. We've got a lot of friends. Everything's going good. Not a care in the world. And all of a sudden, it's like we've been grabbed by the throat and thrown against the wall and brought under the control of some fearful force that we just can't break away from. It might have many different names. It might be cancer. It might be divorce. It might be, a, a you know, an enticement to a particular sin. It can be a thousand and one different things. But whatever it is, all of a sudden, our little world is shaken to the point that we're left in fear and trembling. And notice, he says... This is common to man. Now, that's not the way we feel because we feel like we've been singled out, don't we? We feel like, you know, we're the only ones that's ever had to go through anything like this. Now we're under the control of cruel circumstances that are beyond what we can control. Now, keep in mind who's writing this. This is the Apostle Paul, and if anyone could speak from experience about difficulties, it was Paul. Every time I hear the mention of that name, I begin to think about all of the great difficulties he went through and how unfair it seemed because, you know, if God should have ever exempted any of his servants from difficulty, you would think it would be Paul. I mean, here is a spiritual giant among men. And yet he is a man who suffered far beyond what the average person suffers. Don't be surprised. Don't be surprised when some difficulty comes into your life that leaves you fearful. Some difficulty that comes into your life that seems uncommon. Some difficulty that seems like you'll never be able to break away from. But thank God... There is deliverance for the difficulty. Notice what he says. This is the wonderful part. He says, but God is faithful. Amen. Indeed, he is. God is faithful because regardless of what is against us, God is for us. You know, we tend to look at all of the negatives and all of the things that's holding us back and making us miserable. And sometimes we forget about, as Brother Kenneth and I was having the conversation this morning, we were talking about the importance of us, the importance of us understanding who we are and what we have in Christ. And a lot of times, you know, we forget about that. It's like the old saying, you know, you can blot out the sun with a penny if you hold it close enough to your eye. And there are a lot of times whenever our difficulties come our way, all of a sudden we forget about who we are and what we have in Christ. We forget about, you know, we think about what we're not able to do, and we forget about what God is able to do. And the evidence of God's faithfulness is so extreme that that should never come into question. He has proven Himself to be faithful over and over and over again. Throughout all of the centuries, God has proven that He is faithful. Now notice, because God is faithful, we're talking about deliverance for the difficulty. Notice, He said, "...who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able." But sometimes it seems like that, that God has failed because we failed. 
But that's not the case. We are the ones that fail. It's not God. And we fail because we underestimate the greatness of God's grace, which Paul says, which the Lord said to Paul, that is sufficient in all things. Turn over to Second Corinthians chapter 12, the very last chapter. I'm turning there because some of you might not be familiar with this, and I want you to, I want you to go away with this on your mind today. Here is Paul. And he's been privileged to be caught up into the third heaven, been privileged to see things that's not lawful for a man to utter, and God is protecting him from pride. You know, it would be real easy for Paul to, you know, to go around and tell all of the other apostles, let me tell you the experience I had. I am so special in God's sight that He caught me up into the third heaven and I saw things that I'm not even allowed to talk about. But I've been thinking about writing a book about it. Or I'm going to make a record or a CD and I'm going to sell it. I'm going to take it around to all the Bible conferences and I'm going to sell it and so forth. You see, Paul wasn't perfect and so there was a possibility of Paul being lifted up the pride. So God sent a messenger from Satan, and God gave him a what he calls a thorn in the flesh. We don't know exactly what it was. I suspect it might have been the poor eyesight. Might have been, you know, the harm that he received whenever he was stoned and left for dead in Lystra. But whatever it was, it was a thorn in the flesh. And Paul says, I prayed three times, and I asked God to remove that problem from my life. And it was a problem for him, by the way, because here's a man that's writing all of these letters, sending them out to the churches. He said three times. Now, you would think if anybody could break through, you know, get through and get his prayer answered, surely it'd be Paul, right? And he said, I asked God three times, and God refused. God's response, verse number 9, And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Think about that. My grace is sufficient. And then Paul says, Most gladly, therefore, will I glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. And therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. We get it backwards. We think when we're strong, that's when, you know... uh, We're really strong. No, no, no. That's the same problem that Israel made. And that's why going back to our text and the verse just before it, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. It's that old pride, that confidence in the flesh that causes our fall. Maybe you're thinking this morning, well... There's some things, preacher, that I just couldn't go through. And I suppose every parent at some time or another, maybe it's whenever your kid just got their driver's license, and they're out on their first solo trip alone with the car. When boy, your mind begins to imagine everything under the sun, you know. And you, I mean, if they are a minute late, you envision the worst. Oh, no, they've been hit head on by an 18-wheeler, and they're probably dead. And, 
you know, but we have those thoughts and we think to ourselves, I, 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 I just couldn't, I couldn't ever go through something like that. Losing one of my kids or losing my husband or losing my wife. I, I just couldn't go through that. Well, you couldn't, you couldn't without God's help. But with God's grace, there's nothing you can't get through. I mean, come on, let's give God the credit that He deserves. He promised that He wouldn't put more on you than what you're able to bear. And that's true only to the extent that you're willing to trust and obey Him. But when you do that, you can bear up under any difficulty that ever comes into your life, regardless of whether it seems possible or not. So how do you know? Well, continue reading. But notice, with will with the temptation also make a way of escape. A lot of times there seems to be no end and there seems to be no exit to what we're going through. We can't find a way out. But here it says God will make a way of escape. And God's faithful. We have His promise. He said that He would. I've often said as a new Christian, you know, I I wasn't familiar with all of these songs. We use the old All-American hymn book, you know, and I, I didn't know anything about church music at all. I, you really don't want to know the kind I listen to, but... Uh, uh, and, and, and I shouldn't have listened to it, but um, that's, that's all I knew. And I went to church, and all of a sudden, I, you know, I've just been saved, and I hear all of these songs, and... Uh, and I, so about every week I'd get a new favorite. And, and I think my first favorite, as I've said, was Victory in Jesus. But there in the top ten, there was a song, Standing on the Promises. And, and that became one of, my, one of my favorites. And the reason it did, because that was exactly what I was doing. I was clinging to God's promises like a life preserver. The first verses that I began to memorize, other than the ones related to salvation like John 3.16, was Philippians 4.13, Philippians 4.19, and verses like that that related to the needs in my life. And I mean every day of my life. Because every day I was being tempted. Every day it was a struggle for me. And every day I would quote those verses over and over in my mind. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Amen? And then, look, this is what God's telling you here, that with the temptation, the difficulty, He'll make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And this is the delight of all of it. Notice, that ye may be able to bear it. Because God is able, we have hope that it'll make us able. It'll make us able to bear it Whatever it is, whatever it is, it for you might be one thing, it for a person over here might be another. But whatever it is, what, it doesn't make any difference what the difficulty is. There's no, no difficulty that's too big for God, you see. He enables those who are unable, and He can deliver us from our difficulty, from our desperation, from our depression, from our danger. He's the source of our strength. He's the source of our security, you see. We can do all things through Him. And the only reason that we are enabled to do that is why? Because He is able isn't it wonderful to know that regardless of the circumstances that you're going through, that God's able to keep you 
in that, by that, I mean He's able to sustain you while you're going through. Notice going back here to what He said in 2 Corinthians 12. The Lord didn't say, all right, now Paul, you prayed three times. I know you're begging me to remove this difficulty from your life. I've heard your prayer. I feel sorry for you. And I've decided to give you a break. I'm going to grant your request. God didn't say that. God just left everything just like it was. The problem wasn't taken away. You see, so many times whenever we pray, we think, we think our prayer ought to change our circumstances. And all of a sudden we're surprised when we pray and God doesn't change the, the circumstances or the situation and we don't understand why. Look, God's in the business of changing us. And God might not change your circumstances, but He will change you. And so as you're going through these difficulties that He did not keep you from, as you're going through them, He will sustain you. And notice, and He'll make a way of escape. That is that you'll not be destroyed by the difficulty. Situation might be the same, but you're going to be victorious over that difficulty in your life. You might be forced to live with that difficulty for the rest of your life. And, and you don't understand why. why. Why would God let this happen? Well, certainly I don't have the answer, but I know that God has an answer. He hasn't chosen to reveal all of those secret things to us yet. We don't need to know what the reason is. We just need to know there is a reason. And it's a good reason. Because God is in control of the whole situation, you see. I'm so glad that we serve a God that's able. Have you, any of you, have you ever read our Lord's mission statement? Did you know He had a mission statement, by the way? Did you know that? It's found over in Luke 4 and verse 18. Here's what he said as he begins his earthly ministry. Listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted and to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. The Lord didn't come into this world to set up His kingdom and to rule and reign over the nations. He'll do that someday, but not now. That wasn't His purpose. He came into this world and a part of what He said is to set the captives free. To give them deliverance. Thank God for that. And we look back through the Bible and we see that how that again and again God did exactly that. He delivered Noah from the flood and Abraham from the king and Lot from the perverts and Israel from Egypt and Samson from the Philistines and Gideon from the Midianites, Mordecai from hateful Haman, he delivered him, Jonah from the whale and Job from his calamity. And you go on through the Bible, we think of the Children of Israel in the fiery furnace, God delivered them. We think of Daniel in the lion's den, God delivered them. We think about Peter in prison and the church prayed and God delivered him. You think about Paul being stalked by his enemies that are going to kill him and they'll let him down over the wall in a basket by night and God made a way for him to escape. And he says that he, notice, that he'll make a way of escape 
that you'll be able to bear it. You know, this morning as I think about all of these difficulties, and naturally, if you've been listening, you know that most of this has been addressed to Christian people. Because even Christian people are not exempted from great difficulties. But if you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me tell you, your greatest difficulty is not the healing of your body. It's not getting money in the bank and restoring your marriage and all of those other things that are so very important. Your greatest need is to be born again. And it wouldn't do a bit of good for me to stand up here and to preach till I'm blue in the face and I fall over with exhaustion about how God helps His people until you become one of His people. It's, look, it's, it's not that God doesn't care about your needs. It's that you're in no position to receive help from the Lord until you become a child of God. And the very minute we become a child of God, we can rest assured that whatever the difficulty is, however difficult the days might be, however tough the times are, however rough the road might be, whatever the situation is, it doesn't make any difference because none of them is a challenge to God at all. The same God that spoke all of the worlds into existence, the same God is the one that is in control of your life. And regardless of the situation that you're going through, and right now I'll guarantee you there are folks right here again and again and again that could stand to their feet if they were so inclined and say, let me tell you what I'm going through. Others could say, let me tell you what I've been going through for 30, 40 years maybe. There's not a person here that doesn't have some kind of a difficulty, and there are some that have difficulties that are far beyond anything that you ever imagined because they're not going to tell you about it. You have no idea what great difficulties they're facing. And there's no way I'd be a fool to stand here and tell you, look, if you'll just get on your knees and if you'll pray sincerely, God's going to take that difficulty away from you. I, I don't have the right to do that. I don't have any assurance that that, that that will ever happen. And neither does any other preacher. Be careful. Be careful who you believe. But I can tell you one thing. You'll never have a problem, never have a difficulty that God can't get you through because His grace is sufficient for every need. But... It's dependent upon our faith and our obedience. We can't just go on doing whatever we want to do and ignoring God's plan for our life and expecting everything to turn out right. It doesn't work that way. His promises are conditional. They're conditioned upon our faith and our obedience to His Word. And mark it down, if we, if we do what God commands us to do, if we trust Him to do what we can't do, we'll absolutely never have a problem that we are unable to live with. Not only to live with, but did you notice what Paul said about his afflictions? He said he had learned actually to rejoice in them. How could you do that? In going through those things that Paul mentioned there, you just have to scratch your head. Notice, he said infirmities, 
reproaches, necessities. That means he's been going without. In persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake. How in the world can you turn around and say, I will most gladly therefore glory in my infirmities, take pleasure in my infirmities? Now, if Paul could do that, you can do that. I can do that. It's just a matter of whether or not that we're going to trust God and obey what He says. Isn't it wonderful news to know that you have a God that is able to provide you divine deliverance? You see, there's a lot of folks here that feel sorry for you. A lot of folks that would like to help you. They would if they could, and, but they can't. Because your problem is far greater than their ability. They, they, they just can't solve your problem. But I'm talking about a God that's not only able, but a God that's available. He's available. I mean, He's ready and He's willing to help us bear up under any difficulty that we ever face. And I hope when you leave here today, you'll think, thank God, I found the help that I need. I found the help that I need and it was there with me all of the time. I love what one writer said, and I jotted it down in my Bible. He was talking about it. He said something to the effect that he had prayed 10,000 times or something like that for God to heal him. And he said, finally, God healed me. God healed me of the need to be healed. Think about that for a little while. God healed me. I no longer consider it a need in my life to be healed because this is the path that God has chosen. That doesn't mean it's easy. But he said, I don't need to be healed because it's all in God's hands. And whatever difficulty you're going through, if you'll trust Him, you'll obey Him. Whatever difficulty you're going through, you can know that there is deliverance possible. Deliverance, not in the sense He's going to get you out of the difficulty, but He'll deliver you from it. Like the old saying, you know, if He, if he brings you to it, He'll get you through it. That's the kind of a God that we serve. Trust Him this morning. Let's all stand. Father in heaven, now we thank You for the greatness of Your grace, because we've been talking about all of these wonderful things that You've promised to do and the things that You've done for others. And we've been talking about the difficulties that, that people face. And Lord, we realize it's only because of Your grace that You make Your help available. We realize that because of our sinfulness, because of our unworthiness, You'd be perfectly justified if you turned your back on us and never answered another prayer, never provided any help, just left us in our sins. And we thank you so much for your grace that gives us that which we do not deserve. And I pray this morning, if there's one here that's a stranger to your saving grace, that even this morning they might trust you as their Savior. And Lord, for every Christian that's here today, I just pray that they might find comfort and strength and help 
in these glorious truths that regardless of what we're going through, there's help to be found and that help is in You. Thank You for such great love and help us to trust You and obey You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. While we sing together this morning, if God's speaking to your heart about anything whatsoever, it might be you just want to come and get on your knees and say, I want to thank you, Lord, for being such a great God and being with me in my difficulties. While we sing.